you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast is the real MVP. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some different heroes. We got your Mark Zessler, we got your Chris Wessling. But to my right, gentlemen, this is a big deal. Host of Around the NFL and NFL Network, uh, you know her also from the Top 100 Countdown. She anchors that coverage right now. She's uh, hosting Total Access, our flagship program. Oh, my goodness. Lindsay Rhodes is in the studio. Hi, Lindsay. Get excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. Oh, hey-o. Wow, all right. I like that. Yes. Thank you. Lindsay. Thank you. This does call for a celebration. I approached Lindsay because, today. Dan, yes. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. This is my first time on the podcast. Uh-huh. And it's been brought to my attention that my co-host, Andrew Siciliano, has already been invited. Drew has been here, yes. Our producer, Michael Berger, has been a guest on the podcast. We're still not sure how that happened, but yes. I'm just saying I'm trying not to be offended, but I'm very, very much so offended. I think you can direct every complaint you have to Greg Rosenthal because he is directly responsible for those decisions. We were also waiting. That was the guy who's not here. We were a show just in formation in infantile stages back then. Now that we've started, we've rounded the curve and we know who we are. So you're saying that's when we start to bring up the We weren't worthy of her before. Let's do positive. There is some truth to that. The old Zeuser rolled over to Lindsay this morning and said, hey, Linz. Want to be on the show because I said I think because Lindsay sits right near us in the pod and and poor you Lindsay enjoy has, my presence so yeah, much we do that, enjoy your presence yeah. but we imagine that you have to deal with us uh, just nattering on all the time uh, for years now it's been I imagine that we're annoying to you on some level right I feel like it's the other way around because every time I have a random question that Google could answer <laughs> I just sort of yell it out knowing that one of you guys has already written about it earlier in the day we're helpful then. so thank you yeah, that's true and it, but wait we must be an, we, on if have we never been annoying on any level some of the conversations everyone's annoying sometimes 
talking I mean, about music and pop culture. No, but I enjoy those conversations. Okay, that's okay. good. And, okay. and then you have Andrew Siciliano, who we love, who is essentially like having a play-by-play announcer in the newsroom at all times. Of the entire day. Play-by-play yeah. of the entire day. He, and by the way, my favorite thing about Andrew, uh, little known fact, uh, he's read every article about everything every day. <laughs> and it's not just sports. He will make you feel so inadequate because every day it's, did you read this article in the New York Times about ISIS? <laughs> and and I'm like, no. What? Right. That's how I, you, yeah. that's how you get, that's how you get to the Olympics. Focused. That's how you end up sitting in a room in, uh, where was it, Sochi? Sure, he he wasn't right. actually in Sochi. Oh, well, all right. Never mind. But yes, hosting okay. the Gold Zone coverage. Okay, so Lindsay's here, and that's exciting. Uh, I think, Lindsay, there's more histories being made. You're the first female to sit in on the podcast. That's so true. Congratulations on that. More music, please. Can we pat? Yeah. yeah. I'm patting myself on the back. You I broke the like barrier. Kind of we're, we're extremely Glass progressive. Glass ceilings breaking everywhere. Yeah, that's right. We had Kay Rich, uh, a female as well, producing for us for a while. Now we got that's Lindsay here. We're different. It's not a boys club On here. the crossover podcast, we did also have Mrs. LaFell show up. Brandon oh, Fell's wife. Yes, Brandon Fell's yeah. wife. Checked in. Oh, so I'm not the first. That's what you're saying. Well, as a sit-in host, you totally That was I officially mean, the damn. You are raining on my parade all day long today. <laughs> TD, who asked before we started, Lindsay, you host around the NFL? Right. Yeah, so so it's only like though. one of our most important well, shows. How about this? When I first started here at the network, I actually did a film shoot with Lindsay. I bet Lindsay does not remember this. At UCLA, it was like a all right, TD. White House thing. <laughs> TD operating as a comprehensive they, buzzkill right now. Exactly. <laughs> all right. <laughs> They, All right. They, they, now I feel bad. No, I don't worry. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Uh, all right. So before we get into it, so we've got a nice show today. Uh, we have Malcolm Butler, uh, not the Super Bowl MVP, but could have easily been the Super Bowl MVP. He's going to be in studio. And, Mark, I know you are a classic journo, uh, and you have some hard-hitting questions, so I'm excited for how you approach that interview. Uh, so we have Malcolm Butler coming in. That will be great. We're going to play one of our games, Who Do You Trust? And we're going to dig in on the uh, free agent wide receiver market and maybe you know uh, go into some different categories across the league. And before we go check back in with TD for headlines, I just want to uh, – something we talked about on the last show, Wes. And, Lindsay, I don't know. Do you watch The Bachelor, Lindsay? I am this season. Oh, I got, me, I got my first in. season, too, on The well, Bachelor. Oh, yeah. It's not my first season. <laughs> Please. Okay, okay. I am a Bachelor expert. I had abandoned the franchise, though, in the last few seasons. Ah. I sort of started to feel a little dirty, <laughs> and but I've been pulled back in this. Did I get back in at the right time, or did I get in for the first time at the I, right time? It's I a nice season. I feel like this is an entertaining season, yes. Yeah. So anyway, we w- the show came up in our, our crossover pod on Tuesday, and, and Wes is uh, the lone single man amongst the Around the NFL group uh, here in Culver City. And I started kicking around uh, a thought in my head about some type of West Bachelor uh, experience with our, our listeners. I don't know if we have a ton of female listeners, but Wes, are you open to a potential scenario where we reach out to the audience to find you a date? I'm open, but with the caveat that obviously it would be kind of a bizarro bachelor considering I never go on dates. Yeah. I just refuse to go on dates. So and Lindsay, I, and I they don't, don't involve helicopters or <laughs> fantasy dates. Lindsay, no. you're a married woman. You have a, a young child. Interested. You, you, you were in the game at, at a point in your life. At a point. Wes is, <laughs> as, as Mark and myself were, uh, Wes needs to at least change his stance on not going out on dates <laughs> to get married, right? I've heard that's an important component. Well, I have been. You don't listen to me. Listen to Lindsay. I have been. I've had a girl engage herself to me, and then I lived in sim for eight years. So Wait I do minute. have experience in these areas. You just become friends first, and then you date. All right. 
Well, anyway. I don't really go if, out if on that's dates working for, for you. Wes it is like has in the past. It dip heavily made... into friend zone and then try to right. work your way out of that. <laughs> right. But I, it has not worked in L.A., I found. Wes, as you know, one of my New Year's resolutions is for you to have a girlfriend. So that's, that's nice for you. I oh. think that we need to do something. And maybe if you if you uh, reach out to us on our Twitter uh, at Around the NFL, if maybe you want to call into the show and maybe we could have a conversation that, that the rest of us can you know be involved with and maybe we could get a love connection. I don't know. I think that that would be a good idea. Well, I have a couple of requirements. I, okay. Oh, oh no. boy. She he's has to be out. a pistol. She's got to be. All right, pistol's okay. Yeah, she's got to be a firecracker. All right, my wife's and a pistol. A, and like we said last podcast, it can't be a submissive woman. I can't have that. <laughs> and she's got to right. be flawed, incredibly flawed and interesting. Is 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 he asking too much right now? <laughs> Lindsay's like, a lot what am I doing there. here? I mean, no, but that's the list of things. You now, must be top, flawed. No, those are the top two things in the list. A, a flawed, Aim interesting high. woman will be very funny. Do you mean like a like a giant scar or something? Like, what are we talking <laughs> I wasn't about going for that. Maybe like an emotional scar, you know? Based well, on our listeners, she'll probably also be from like New Zealand or Wales. So That would be preferable. I know? think this would be a good move for you, though, because I don't necessarily think that trying to elevate somebody from the friend zone is, is the way to go. That's every girl's nightmare, by the way. No, 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 no. That you have a friend Could be her and that then to... randomly that no, person no, no, no. is going to try and bust out of the friend zone. You That's have to not be the way the I'm approaching it. It could be her trying to bust out of the friend zone well, with me. I mean, this is some real. This is, this is the other side of the aisle here telling what, you what's Isn't love friendship caught on fire? Lindsay, answer the question. What is, what is, what is that a reference to? I'm, I'm missing that. The uh, I I would suggest that uh, yeah, maybe that spark should be there initially. Mm, I can't. The friendship believe... part is obviously huge, but I think maybe if you start off as friends and you just are friends, maybe you're meant to be friends. I can't believe Vince Lombardi hasn't chimed in yet. I was very respectful to the lady. That's all it was. Okay. Yeah. How come you're not respectful to us? That's a really fair question. All right, it's consistent TD. with you, by the way. TD, buddy, uh, let's uh, let's do some news. Why don't we? Oh snap! I gotta document this. <laughs> <laughs> and that is uh, Lindsey Rhodes on uh, TA yesterday. Total access with Brandon Browner <laughs> going over some tweets and some stuff. So she was like, "Oh snap! I gotta document this." I did say that. I, you know, I, I, I recognized that my voice, but I was like, "Where did you get that?" <laughs> And it was from yesterday. It was from the photo so, shoot from 2008 that TD was spying on <laughs> that he referred to earlier. My memory is kind of a sneak attack on the old shoot. That's what it was. I need a little ginkgo biloba. Or um, all right, good job today. I like that. All right, let's get into some news. We'll start with Josh McCown, who was released. By the way, Josh McCown was he number one on our making the leap list last year, or was he 25? I can't remember. He was last. Okay, he was on our making the leap countdown last year. We thought he was going to be a really nice addition to Tampa. Didn't work out that way, obviously. Not a good season. He was injured. He didn't play well. The Bucks stank, so he was released on Wednesday, and, uh, you know, because again, I've said it earlier, uh, uh, Lindsay, you, you sit nearby the man. Mark is a hardcore journo. And uh, he I don't made know where a list. This is coming from, but. Where will quarterback Josh McCown land? So let's start with this. Let's start. Is Josh McCown right off the bat now the best free agent quarterback on the market? Well, well, Dan obviously sets me up to refer to an article that he wrote, which was the Thank best you. free agent quarterbacks. <laughs> and we argued that you had Mark Sanchez number one. No one should be number one. The list should start at number two. <laughs> there is no best. This is all a disaster scenario if you're bringing any of these guys in as your starter. And McCown, two quarterbacks in the league had a worse total QBR than him. He was abysmal. So I'm not sure why we're, why we're suggesting he's some sort of hopeful solution for this season. 
I don't know if we'll go that far. I mean, Lindsay, do you think that Josh I'll skew McCown? Negative. Well, I mean, we all can easily skew negative with quarterbacks. Is there any way to that uh, a team could talk itself into what he did in Chicago for six weeks or so, uh, year, two years ago, and that maybe the right coach in the right scenario he could be that guy again? Sure, because you have teams that are really desperate out there. I mean, if you make the list of all of the teams that are lacking in quarterbacks and you essentially look at the draft and you say, okay, maybe we've got two guys that can come in here and start right away, maybe. Like, you will get work. Then how in the world are – some of these guys are going to end up starting, right? Out of all the guys on your very – free agents? All the guys on your very depressing list. Yes. He's the one with the most recent good game tape. I mean – Brian Hoyer, I mean, no, granted, you know, kind of – Wesley went downhill not, as the season He does not on, acknowledge that Hoyer exists. So, well, I don't acknowledge that he's a viable starter. But I, he speak, had a guys. he had a good start for the year. You're, yeah. Well, you're looking at a lot of guys that are, they're all flawed. And and Chris, I've heard rumors that you like people that are flawed. So I, I'm surprised you don't <laughs> enjoy true. this list. Physical <laughs> monsters is what Wes is looking for. Sean Hill, maybe. As somebody who could potentially hmm. be shown flashes, as somebody that's capable, none of these guys are going to step in and rescue your franchise. No. Well, Mark, your your list here you have as potential destinations. You start with the Ravens at one, which I imagine goes back to their new offensive coordinator. He actually, I mean, McCown said yesterday that that was a logical landing spot for him. And maybe if you're 35 and Mark Tressman's there and you actually don't want to be a starter at this point, you'd like to just collect $2 million a year the Matt and Moore ride off into the sunset. I Baltimore makes sense. How about the Bills? Number two on Mark's list. Well, they, they make a little bit of sense. They need, I mean, he can fill the Kyle Orton rule. Just don't mess it up. Here's the thing with the Bills to keep an eye on, Mark. We did an NFL Now hit this morning where we were talking about this. The Bills, they can't stand E.J. Manuel, let's be honest. I mean, you had the neck beard in there taking meaningful snaps last season. You don't have a first-round pick because of your Sammy Watkins trade. Of all the teams that are in a bad quarterback spot, to me, no one's worse, in, worse off than the Bills. And... To me, that's an upgrade, Josh McCown. Even if he's like the middling Josh McCown over EJ Manuel, they need to bring in somebody that can compete. And I think if they bring in somebody that's halfway decent, he's going to win that job. Yeah, and they're going to be a run-heavy team with Craig Roman, I think, anyways. So that makes some sense. They have you know, the one thing that happened to him in Tampa. There was there wasn't a center, a guard, a guard, a tackle, or a tackle in front of him. It was a terrible offensive no line. No running game. Third most sacks in the league, Tampa. So it wasn't a good setup for him to begin with. How about your boys, the Browns, Mark? Any chance? Well, why not? I mean, they, they've they run through, what, 22 quarterbacks since 99 at this point? They've had they, You haven't had one quarterback play all 16 games in a season since 2001 in Cleveland. So why not throw him into the he's, mix and have him start? He's a such of the guy, too. They had that famous jersey that some fan made that has all the names on the back. No, and now they have tape space. under the jersey with more last names of quarterbacks of the past. McCown, I feel like that's They've already got that on there because of Luke. Oh, my they, God. They drafted they double Luke up on a McCown. Yeah. So, anyway, that is the situation with Josh McCown. Whatever team gets him, you're not going to get somebody that you're going to have. He's a bridge guy at best. Right, Wes? That's correct. Okay. Moving on. So, um, Vikings owner and president Mark Wilf uh, was asked by a reporter about Adrian Peterson, and if you'd like him back with Minnesota next year. Obviously, Peterson has his issues. Um, he has a suspension with the league going back to his arrest for uh, using a switch on his son. Ugly business, so he's still suspended. And Wilf responded, yes, I I would like him back as long as he takes care of his issues with the NFL. Lindsay, I'm curious if it's that simple. Uh, Because to me, when you look at $12.7 million in salary due in 2015, 
a whopping $15.4 million against the cap. This is stuff that running backs don't get paid at this level. And, Wes, you wrote a great piece last year just about that. They're paid at the level of, what, punters and kickers now? Yep. Isn't it more likely that when Peterson clears his legal hurdles and league hurdles that the Vikings are going to be like, take a pay cut or take a walk? Because this is their excuse to do that? Yeah, well, I think, yeah, they have some leverage right now, I would think. I mean, when you look at this situation, this is a PR situation, right? Like, for a team, when he comes back, this that's where you take a hit. Because he was still playing like right. Adrian Peterson. It wasn't like we'd started to see his decline. Right. So you expect that the decline will happen soon because he's aging as a running back. He's got more tread on his tires. But we haven't seen it yet. So I don't, I don't know if he's not going to be able to get big money if – he doesn't go back to the Vikings, and if he goes somewhere else and he has a lot of success, I don't know that that's going to be easy to stomach if you're a Vikings fan. Or that would be Vikings hard. That would oh, be hard be for the Vikings hard. to explain off. That's a good point. And, yeah, like we, we talked about it, Mark, that it would be very interesting to me if he ended up a free agent and they hit an impasse financially with the Vikings and Peterson. He becomes, to me, the most intriguing free agent on the market since Peyton Manning in 2011. And with he is an interesting test case because running backs don't get paid anymore. But there could be a – I would think there could be a feeding frenzy for teams wanting to bring uh, one of the best running backs of all time into their building, right? Well, I think it's interesting that uh, sort of the uh, the climate in Minnesota, it seemed like the front office was mixed. A lot of their football people wanted to keep him and still want to keep him, and the PR people don't want to deal with the headache. So maybe it makes sense for him to go to a southern team where – what he did isn't as big of a black eye because it's, it's more accepted in the culture. So one of the Texas teams or even the Saints, something like that might make sense. With the Cowboys, I've heard that floated. Yeah. I, it, yeah. With DeMarco Murray, obviously, you know, they're, they're trying to figure Such out that a Jerry situation. Jones move too. Would you pick Adrian instead of? The only thing there, I mean, that makes so much sense, and it's been whispered about, and it is a Jerry Jones machination, but you aren't going to pay DeMarco Murray – what he's what he wants, but you're probably gonna have to pay more for Adrian Peterson. Now, arguably, Adrian Peterson just a better running back. That's fine, but Jerry Jones has a history of overpaying his own guys. So I want to see what happens with Murray first and how they deal with that. I I don't know. Pete Peterson would be a total Dallas Cowboy type hard waterfall. Uh, my though, question right? is like, obviously Peterson is a better running back than Demarco Murray, but and even I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, even after being out of the league now for a year. But how much better does that make the Cowboys? I don't know. It's like, why right. mess with a good thing? If you're going right. to spend a lot of money at running back, if you let Murray go, why not just pay him in the first place? Because uh, the only concern really with Murray, right, is that he stay healthy. Because yeah. we haven't seen him do that consistently. This past season's the first time. Yeah. And we saw what he could do this year with a, uh, a full healthy season, also with a very good offensive line that's worth pointing out. But uh, I'm not so much – I agree with you. I'm not sure how much better Adrian Peterson could make the Cowboys. Uh, right. And, and you're also talking about an older running back whose decline might start sooner than DeMarco's, assuming that DeMarco could stay healthy. We so. have doubted Adrian Peterson physically before. Well, uh, you did. That was, uh, all right. that was now an embarrassing it was just moment me. for you. It was just <laughs> me. But he ripped up his knee incredibly in December and then ran for 2,000 yards. So I could see him having a longer prime than other players. But still. And he's going to be mad when he comes back. Right. Yeah. That's he's going to have something yeah, to prove. Yes. AP. He's an he's upset in individual. Tricky spot here because. <laughs> what was that, Mark? <laughs> said he's an upset individual. Oh, that's true. It's a little bit tricky because he's not due to come off suspension until April, which is a month after free agency. It could leave him without a dance partner mm. or at least one not willing to match what the Vikings were scheduled to pay him. Uh, all right, moving on. So the Green Bay Packers, this report came out over the weekend. 
uh, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport, and he can only be referred to by his full title here. It's in his contract. NFL media insider yes. Ian Rappaport. Yes. So he, he Ian reported over the weekend that Mike McCarthy, Packers coach, was going to give up play calling uh, to Tom Clements, who was getting a promotion. Uh, so that was surprising because – and now it's official. We found out it's official that he is now – Tom Clements is calling the plays. The Packers had the number one offense this season. They had the uh, quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, won MVP. Uh, so in, on some levels it was a surprising decision. McCarthy talked about it on Thursday explaining that it was a commitment issue, that he, he was getting spread too thin – uh, well, that was obvious in the NFC title game. <laughs> Wes, tell me, is this a strange move uh, with uh, Mike McCarthy? Here? It seems like fallout from that game, but to me it's the opposite of what you want because Mark, Mike McCarthy's greatest skill is is calling games. I mean, he's the, he's one of the best in the league at it, and he's terrible at game management as far as strategy and when to call timeouts and when to review plays and kind of the momentum of the game. That's not his strength, but play calling and scheming is what he's really good at. Well, maybe it's not his strength because he hasn't been able to focus on it entirely. Fair point. Maybe he's so worried about the next offensive series that he can't see the forest through the trees, sort of. So maybe you take that out of his hands and he becomes better in those game management situational football. That happened with Garrett. I mean, yeah. some, and it took, the, took them way too long to figure out how that whole situation was. One other thing he mentioned, though, was that you know the, the, the Mike McCarthy coaching tree right. is pretty grim. You've got Joe Philbin, and that's about it. Guy hates when you have untied shoes, doesn't want bubblegum on the field. Those no, and Joe Philbin walking him down the era. combine hallway in a white turtleneck and, like, cords. Like, that's not <laughs> what the only thing you want falling off your coaching tree. But he basically A lot of Joe said, Philbin hit at the podcast here, Lindsay, just so you know. It's Go fair. ahead, Mark. I mean, Big topic he, of he, wanted, everywhere. he wanted his coaches to, to grow up and to, and to get, get in the spotlight. Yeah, more notice. And I think that that's actually – you know, McCarthy's been knocked around since the NFC title game for good reason – that's kind of a good quality in a head coach to want to see your guys grow and move on. Do you think that that's it, though? Do you no, think I mean, that's, that's what this maybe, stems from? Or do you think this is like, let's really go back and look at the NFC Championship game and all of the ways that this team didn't perform down the yeah. stretch? Maybe if he isn't calling the offensive plays, he takes Bostick aside, or not Bostick specifically, but he can go into that huddle and he's thinking special teams and he's saying, here's what to do. Don't try to do too much. Just right. do your job. And he can just do those those simple little reminders where he's looking big picture and thinking big picture. Like, had they won, would this have happened? Well, that's a, that's a crazy Fair thing question. about sports, like not just the NFL, like how things change. Like, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a, a ripped-up calf, I think they win that game, and, and none of this is happening. There's no changing of play calling. But, like, things that uh, – minor things that turn into big things that change everything. Butterfly effect, man. But this isn't just the NFC Championship game, right? He's been knocked for game management stuff for a little yeah, while now. True. So I, I agree with you. It wouldn't have happened had they gone to the Super Bowl because it's like a why mess with a good thing type of right. thing. But I, I think that doesn't mean that it didn't need to happen. It's it, The timing's interesting. Here is something that happened a couple of days ago, but I think it happened after our last podcast. Wes Welker reportedly, according to Mike Garofalo of Fox Sports 1, is contemplating retirement. Um, this is the same Wes Welker who signed with the Broncos two years ago and really has not been the same guy that he was with New England. Uh, Wes, he seemed especially slow and unable to get any yak this year. I don't think he made a play all year. Three concussions in two seasons in Denver. Uh, if he steps away, it seems like that would not be the worst idea. I think. Well, I, don't, I don't like the idea of telling athletes when to retire. But I do. 
That's, I've made you the decision. Should, you should yes. go for I'm it. I'm going to call Wes. But I do feel like he's reached a point where he's no longer an asset to a team, so it's probably a good time to move on. More importantly, I think I'm concerned for his health. I think when you have three documented concussions in two seasons, that that's very concerning. And you don't know what the long-term uh, and effects will possibly right. be and what one more concussion could possibly do to him. And if I'm his family, I'm very, very concerned about his health. Yeah, like, and, and we don't even know since the NFL has taken a harder stance on concussions and things of that nature, we don't know what was happening. He's like a 5, what, 5'9", five, 5'10 five, receiver. He's taken a beating for a, over a decade now playing football at a high level. I mean, this guy's been through a lot. He's taken a lot of hits. Why are you – what's the smart, Mark? What's going on? I'm not – I had a concussion once We're talking in about a minor car accident. Here. Oh, yeah, that's right. You worked through it. Yeah, and, and Greg, you know, Greg Rosenthal, our boss, who is off at, at the moment. Paternity su- Yeah, suggested that I come in and work through this concussion <laughs> and wrote nine or ten posts that probably were, a, you know, just an I, absolute travesty for <laughs> the reader to We need to find those with. posts, by the way. We need to find those posts because they've been they're now in lore and around the NFL history. No memory of it. <laughs> <laughs> they let you back on the field. Uh, by the way, and Lindsay, you were you're hosting TA this week. You know full well that the year everyone likes the, their milestone years as the five year, the one year, silver ten anniversary, year, silver hundred year anniversary, and of course the twenty third anniversary. That's a huge one. Everybody likes to dig in on the unbeknownst 23rd. to us. Yes, still yesterday afternoon, it's a huge anniversary. Brett Favre and the Packers. That trade went down twenty three years ago, uh, Wednesday. And Chris Wessling, you wrote an enlightening piece. Uh, the mailman dug in on how this all came to be from the Falcons almost to the Jets and ultimately with the Packers. It was a momentous occasion, 23 years to the day. 23 years ago. And, uh, of course, our shadowy league figure, John Marvel, asked me to write this. And uh, Mark and I wondered about the whole 23-year thing, but we just did it as we were told, and we were told that Mooch would be discussing it. So it was was nice to dig up some of the old anecdotes with Jerry Glanville basically saying I had to get rid of this guy because he wouldn't sober up, and then Favre saying I tried to drink the whole city of Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which, by the way, point being, like, if if now a team traded for a quarterback that threw four passes, two of them were picked off in your rookie season. One for and, a touchdown. Right. You're essentially, you know, heat-seeking rehab, mm. and a, a, a team comes out and drops a number one pick for you, Twitter would absolutely melt. It would be like trading for Johnny Manziel tomorrow. Even worse, I think, because Manziel, I, I mean, Manziel didn't, had the pedigree coming in where there's some mystery around him. Brett, Brett Favre did not have that to the same degree. And, Wes, just to make me depressed, what, what happened with the <laughs> Jets who uh, almost came into possession of Mr. Favre? Ron Wolf, who was recently inducted into the Hall of Fame or voted into the Hall of Fame, had been a special assistant to the general manager in 1990 for the Jets. Mm. And he rated Brett Favre number one player on the board. The Jets would have used their first-round draft pick for him, but they had forfeited that pick for Rob Moore in the supplemental draft the year before. They tried to trade up in the second round to get him, but the Falcons got him first. Lindsay, you um, – well, Brett Favre has a good relationship with NFL Network. He's been involved with shows through the years. Have you ha- do you have any good Brett Favre stories in your time uh, I don't. as an anchor? I feel like I'm missing out. Mm. <laughs> he is uh, off at a distance. But I don't. Yeah, now he is. He's got the woolly beard in the in exactly. the meadow. Exactly. I th- I, th- I feel like the relationship with the network is really forged through Steve Mariucci, right? Mm. Who came on Total Access last night and coaches show and remembered <laughs> that uh, that momentous day that the Packers had traded for him. He had just been hired as their quarterbacks coach, so Time they kind of came in together. And wore some really beautiful short shorts together. <laughs> oh yeah, that time <laughs> yeah. frame. 
Yeah, it was a, it was a be- really good look, and by that I mean not a good look. <laughs> the best Brett Favre shot is the one where he got drafted, and he's in his <laughs> childhood bedroom, and all With like his uncles and aunts. He's got jorts and a mullet, and there's all this like <laughs> eighty nineteen eighty nine paraphernalia all around him. And do you see on the internet they have like yeah. people that have pointed out like all the different things that are crazy about Lindsay wisely pointed out that Mooch he had his own photo of him and Favre on the field and Mooch cropped out the short shorts so that right up, you know, they come up to here. <laughs> you never they, know. No. And it's that was a smart move. Probably no probably from Mooch's wife. Who knows? Uh and finally the St. Louis Rams have officially elevated Frank Signetti to offensive coordinator, replacing your boy, Mark Sessler, Brian Schottenheimer. Not my boy. Uh, the only reason, Lindsay, this Finally, is brought up. Finally, you say. Yes. Uh, the only We've re- all been waiting for that move. Uh, two years overdue. <laughs> the, uh, the only reason I bring this up is because we, and maybe you agree, love the name Frank Signetti because it sounds like a hard scrabble detective. Detective Frank Signetti on the case. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, right? Sounds like an Italian pasta. <laughs> oh, <give me> some <laughs> Frank Signetti. <laughs> we have any other good names where they sound like like 70s TV show detectives or pastas? Jim Bob Cooter, <laughs> the Lions quarterback <laughs> coach. Sounds like he's right out of dick's <laughs> head. That's fair. It right doesn't sound like that guy would be successful. I feel like he would struggle with halftime He'd get a case or two. It would never be solved, and he'd quickly be <laughs> a fired. A case or two of beer. All right. There we go. That's what's happening. Lindsay, oh, that was. snap. I got to document <laughs> this. <laughs> I'm going to watch what I say on Total Access. Wow, TD, TD is monitoring all things at all times. <laughs> I do like you bringing Snap back to the lexicon of uh, society. It's good. I, I Yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to think if I could blame that, like if I was reading a tweet, but no, actually that came well, out of my mouth. What about Shaq? We have all a great one with Shaq, so you feel better. Come on, player. What's that? What's up with that? <laughs> That's from a top 100 this summer. <laughs> you might remember that happening. That was when he was doing a hold on play a segment in right. honor of Dion. Can I hear that again? I never Come get on, sick of it. Player. What's that? What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome how he stutters through it. Right. Yeah. Like, where am I going with right. this? But I sing in character. All right. Uh, moving on. Let's talk about uh, the wide receiver free agent market. And, and in general, let's play a game. We, we haven't played it a lot. It's called Who Do You Trust? Who do you trust? No one. Selling that. <laughs> that Wes, see, that's another issue with uh, you getting a girlfriend. Many issues. Your trust issues have to get better. Uh, yeah, many issues. You answering no one when I ask, who do you trust? Yeah, it's not it's good. A, it's a problem. It's a roadblock. <sighs> Lindsay's like, this is not going to work out for Wes at this stage. <laughs> he, needs some, he needs like a makeover. There are a few concerns that yeah. have popped up just in the last 10 minutes or so. Yeah, there are even more buried. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ladies, like I said, hit us up on Twitter. Right. He's, he's available. All right, so let's play a little Who Do You Trust? And we'll go through, Wes, you have a piece. Is it up now or is it heading up? It will be up by the time people hear this. True. On uh, on wide rec- the wide receiver free agent market, which is pretty juicy. It's Stupid. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. There are so many good wide receiver names out there. Uh, so, Wes, why don't we uh, start? I, just a general overview, and then maybe we'll dig in on a little bit about what this market looks. It is a buyer's market. The free agent class is already strong, just with the guys who are available heading in. Des Bryant and Demarius Thomas will probably get the franchise tag if they don't have new deals by March 10th. And then you've got Randall Cobb, Jeremy Macklin, Torrey Smith, three guys who are in our top 25 overall free agents, and then Michael Crabb team. Michael Crabtree and Cecil Shorts will probably be in the top 50. So there's five names right there that will probably be available. And then you've got high-profile veterans who will be asked to take pay cuts or basically hit the road. Hmm, interesting. So let's let's uh, break it down. And um, who do you trust? Here we go. 
and we'll, we'll put them in their kind of similar categories or they're on the same level, maybe close to it. Uh, Mark, I'll start with you. Who do you trust, Percy Harvin or Randall Cobb? Big financial stake, looking to get an import a one or a kind of like a, a 1B type receiver. Who do you trust? I mean, that's easy. Okay. You go Cobb. I mean, Cobb's been highly productive. Where Harvin, you know, honestly, what has it been two seasons since he's given us any real production? He's injury prone and potentially a massive locker room cancer. Can I just throw this out there, though? Would you be saying the exact same thing flipped around if Percy Harvin had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback the last few years? Maybe. But he also – injuries aren't about what quarterback you've had. He's been he's – been, Cobb listen, got hurt last year. No, no, all right, but it started with the headache thing, and then it, 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 it migrated into other issues. And, and I really do think that also not quarterback-related, Harvin – has been jettisoned from multiple locker rooms for being, you know, a guy that disenfranchises the people around him. So I can't say that about Cobb. I mean, that's easy. I agree with you. Let's get tougher. Okay, okay. Linz, here we go. Can I call you Linz? Have we reached that stage? Uh, We're so tight. (laughs) You can call me (laughs) D-Money. Nobody else does, but you can. Yeah, that would be... A first. People are always asking, like, Dan, you give all the guys on the podcast nicknames. He's he's Sizzler or Quiet Storm. He's the mailman. I also call him the scientist. I call Greg the boss. Uh, I don't have a nickname. You called yourself the Zeuser earlier. Right, well, Zeuser. You're, you're not allowed to give yourself a nickname. Exactly. That's right. I don't think you're D-Money. You could be D-Sixpence. <laughs> we already have a D-Money in the newsroom. All right. That's fair. Stay on topic. We're working on it. Uh, but you can call me D-Money, Lindsay. I'm going to come up with a nickname for you. Okay, cool. Next Ooh. time I come on the podcast in like three years, <laughs> when I'm invited back, I will have one. All right. Who do you trust, Lindsay? Larry Fitzgerald. Or Brandon Marshall, two guys that are oh. not technically on the market, but it could, with a couple of twists, end up both of them being uh, free agents. Ah, that one's tough. That one's much tougher than the one that uh, I, I had to give Marcus yeah. softball for reasons that I'll get into later. <laughs> you, I want to really lay it out there. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Marshall. I think, and and I'm not Ooh. totally sure why. Maybe the size advantage, the mismatch, the. Uh, yeah, I don't, he, I don't know. They're both they're both so good for totally different reasons. It's almost a pick them. Five years ago, um, Larry Fitzgerald was you know arguably the best wide receiver in the league. I, is he ever going to be that guy again, or has it just been quarterback play that's held him down? That's like the big question with him. He had a five-game window last year in the middle of the year before Palmer got injured and before Fitzgerald had a sprained MCL where I thought he looked as good as he had since 2011. He was electric after the catch, and it was surprising because we hadn't seen that in a couple of years. I don't think he is what he once was, but I think with the right quarterback and a coach, Bruce Arians spreads it around quite a bit, which is not what Fitzgerald had when he was putting up great numbers. But if you put him in another offense, I think he's still a number one receiver. See, here's the thing, though. So does Larry Fitzgerald need to go to a specific offense in order to show off his skills? Can Brandon Marshall change the offense just because he's such a mismatch? Well, I don't think that Marshall's any more of a mismatch than Fitzgerald is. They're both big guys and Fitzgerald's been one of the best red zone guys his entire career, so I'd say they're both mismatches. All right, I'll throw this one. Wes, you're up. A three three name group here. All right, who do you trust? Jeremy Macklin, Tory Smith, or Mike Wallace? That's a tough one. Abba abba. I don't trust any of them. Mm. Uh, Mike Wallace and Tory Smith are both kind of one trick ponies, deep threats who are limited in their route running. Jeremy Macklin seems to be a product of his offense where he played the same position as Deshaun Jackson, and they both had career years because they're playing the X spot in Chip Kelly's offense. I guess I'll take Torrey Smith because there might be a whiff of upside there that has been a little bit untapped so far. Hmm, I feel like Jeremy Macklin, you're saying he's a system guy. 
Is he the guy that gets overpaid like a Greg Jennings a couple of years ago? He'll come up a little, little, later, little later and then kind of disappears into obscurity? I think he's a 900-yard receiver in most offenses, and I don't know if I quite trust him to stay healthy yet either. Is that fair to throw Greg Jennings into that box, though? I mean, I guess there's no way to really know, but you, you looked at a, a guy who is in his prime with the team that you're going to say makes him a system guy. And then he's kind of past his prime a little bit. Right. And then he goes to another team, and we say, right. oh, it was the right. team that they made him so him good. Like it might that, just though, be that Vikings. he's past his prime. Well, yep. the Vikings might have overpaid him, but they, they should have known they were getting a guy that wasn't 25 entering the sweet spot. Macklin's going to get paid a lot, whether it's the Eagles, who I think are – he's in a good spot because I think the Eagles are going to feel like they have to pay him because they let Deshaun Jackson go last year. They're going to have Sir- – Riley Cooper fell off a cliff last year. They need somebody they can rely on in that offense. I think he's going to get a lot of money. I think we can agree we can take Mike Wallace out of that. Yeah, I don't think Mike Wallace and Trust are too – you know, they're not <laughs> fitting together. On I don't – yeah, levels. I don't need to hear anything about – Mike Wallace, who pulled himself out of a game and then had a teammate speak for him to the media after the game. I hate when guys do that kind of stuff. I can't take you seriously anymore. All right, another group. Dan's a real journalist. That doesn't vibe well with Dan. I'm a journalist. You're a journo. Difference. All right, here we go. He is big on the nicknames. He even shortened (laughs) journalist. He loves to. All right, so we brought up Greg Jennings. So we'll throw him out here. One more wide receiver grouping. Who do you trust, Lindsey? Greg Jennings, Marcus Colston, or Dwayne Bowe? Kind of in that, that hard B to B minus group now. <laughs> yeah. That's Trust to do what? Or Michael Crabtree. Yeah, right. Let's throw him in there. Crabtree Cecil Shorts. Should Cecil we throw Vincent, Vincent Jackson in there? Well, he'd be the easy answer probably. Well, now I can't even remember who you <laughs> yeah, said. There's like, like eight names. All right. Who would you, if you had to pick one guy to the add AFC to your East. team? At a middling salary, uh, not too much guaranteed money. Dwayne Bowe, Marquise Colston, Greg Jennings, Michael Crabtree, or Cecil Shorts? I'm eliminating Dwayne Bowe. Okay. I'm going to go backwards. Seems fair. Um and I forgot the list again. Okay. Maybe you should start I'll with someone else. I'll go one by Marquise Colston. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. No, no, I won't eliminate him. All right, Greg I'll Jennings. Him in the mix. You, th- you think I'm he's gonna, over there? I'm going to eliminate him. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're nice. Lindsay won't say stuff like, oh, he's finished. But we can say that. But I see. Well, Lindsay's she probably has to talk to him a week from now. That. Yes, exactly. Cecil Shorts. I hate telling people when to end their careers. Isn't that Thank you. Yeah. Said? Uh, I'm sorry, Cecil Shorts. You're like, focus, Lindsay. Good grief. <laughs> well, we um, could, maybe we could all just agree these are all guys that are not going to really make, be difference makers once you get to this level of the market. Right. right. They're kind of Maybe, maybe Crabtree. Crab yeah, tree, I'd go Crabtree. Crab I like Crab. Yeah. Out of that group. Yeah. Put him in sense. an offense that throws the ball well. Exactly. How about maybe, maybe you have some untapped potential there. All right. I like that. Mark, let's talk some GMs. Who do you trust? Reggie McKenzie or... Ray Farmer. I like Ray Farmer. He's a guy that he's <laughs> got his hands in a lot of different stews. He likes to text and on his phone. Yeah. yeah, he likes to get involved on. You know, he's, who puts their hands in stews? I don't know. That's that doesn't make <laughs> that's a lot. That's how you get your hand burned. Mark with a burn on his hand, right? I now. well, listen. You know, a lot of people can take uh, Ray Farmer and say, "Oh, your first round was a disaster." But if you look at what he did last year, beyond that, with guys like Joel Batonio. Chris Kirksey, he found a ton of undrafted talent as well in uh, you know the running back situation. I thought that he did a nice job right. adding talent over the Let's field. Just Hold be on. fair, though. I, I just got to cut you off a second. Johnny Manziel and Justin Gilbert I, in the first I, round. I, I said that's the big disaster right yeah. there, potentially, and we don't know that that's not a finished story, but yes. But then when we, when we did a thing on the Raiders earlier and we talked about all the potential free agent cuts that they might need to save money, and these are all aging people, they're guys that McKenzie signed last March. So that to me is he already, in terms of his draft, he goes and gets Khalil Mack. That's a home run. 
that's not hard to do as a GM. But his own free agent class was a, was a tr- was a gigantic tire fire. So I'm not excited about McKenzie. I think that's fair. And we're going to hear from Raiders but, fans. But more than Farmer I, over McKenzie, you're saying? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. We won't hear it from Raiders fans. We've already blocked them all on Twitter. They are. Yeah. They're something. They're going. Nice. Who are the me- Lindsay? You, I'm sure you have to deal with a lot of vile things on Twitter. What? Who is the fan base that you have to deal with the most? That. I would say the fans that respond the most to anything that they perceive as a slight is probably – I'm going to go with the 12s. Mm Yeah. Yes, they are sensitive. They are a sensitive lot. They jump on a lot. Mm -hmm. They're like new money. Like they don't – they haven't been there (laughs) for a long time. They are a social media mafia. Easy. They they feel a lot like like things are slights that are not. Right. You cannot mention Andrew Luck's name without also mentioning Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I, I get a lot of tweets uh, about how I hate the Seahawks, and I 100% do not hate the Seahawks. And yeah. I wonder None where that even comes the from. Yeah. Well, you told me privately that you did. But, <laughs> but other but, than okay. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was, in a, that was in a safe space, yeah. safe sharing space, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Good all job. right, uh, here we go. This one will be, uh, I don't know, throw this one to TD, all right? Here we go. What you got? Uh, who do you trust? Mark Sessler at an indie bar at the Combine work trip or – Wes at a West L.A. tavern on his birthday, <sighs> which is next week. And what what are we talking about trust here? Let's clarify that. No, trust to um, just dance keep on the it bar? Open. Just kind of keep it open. Just who do you trust in that spot? I don't trust neither, but I think I'm going to have more fun with Wes. Wow. Wow. I don't like that answer at all. <laughs> wow. Why do you think he would be a better uh, partner at a, at a tavern? Yeah. You know, just hang I on. like being underrated. And let's start right there. In TD's defense, they're both fun. I, I can vouch for that. In TD's defense, you did open the show by calling him a comprehensive buzzkill. <laughs> no, I'm just dealing with facts. <laughs> All right. Calling Kelly Black. All right. I'm Kessler, I think that you would be a lot of fun. He's at a bar in Indy. I like that. The combine. Nobody's I more like fun that. to hang out with than Mark Sessler. Well, Mark is a lot of fun. All right, you guys, uh, we Except get for it. You, that was apparently at a tavern in West LA. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> All right, a couple, a lightning round for Lindsay now because we gotta we gotta go soon uh, before we get to Malcolm Butler. Here we go. Who do you trust, Lindsay? Andrew Siciliano or Scott Hansen? Oh come quick, on quick, now! Quick, 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 no. <laughs> quick, 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 quick! Absolutely not. I'm All not playing right. this game. <laughs> okay, who do you trust? To have read the most articles in a day, Andrew Siciliano. <laughs> Ooh, there, you go. there you go. Who do you trust? The mailman, Quiet Storm, or Old D Money, the Zeusa. Who do you trust? All of the above. All right, good Ooh, answer. Uh-huh. Uh, who do you trust? We got another one for her? quick. Um, Kurt Warner or Deion Sanders? She's not gonna answer that either, right? To do what? Uh, you know, to watch your your child for a night. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's clearly Kurt. <laughs> Kurt. I mean, oh, Kurt would Kurt be a great babysitter. He has He's so much dad. experience in that department. Yeah. And Kurt, I will say, is always the guy who asks about my child. Uh, there you go. When I run into him. That's a good He's, signal. How is the family, I have that found, kind of thing. I have found. Dion would teach my kid. My kid would be like saying hashtag truth when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> and if his first words are hashtag truth, yeah, then troubling. That's I a, have a problem. I start. <laughs> Wes, I, this is one other reason that we got to get the West Bachelor going. I have found that having a kid is a great conversation piece with just at like, let's say we're at the combine and we see a reporter at Shula's. Uh, we'll talk about our kids. Everything's fine. It gives you a jumping off point. That's the main reason I had my son, Jack. Yeah, that's just good. The, the conversation, get out of awkward icebreaker, right? Yeah, a verbal coffee table. Piece. What if I don't want to speak with these people? Well, I mean, listen, a lot of it. lot of hurdles. You got to open up your heart, Wes. I am a degenerate. 
There's a lot of issues here. Again, ladies, you this could be yours. So just <laughs> Only if up. you're flawed. Uh, Thoroughly undateable. All right, so we got Malcolm Butler coming in. So because we only have four mics, it's literally a physical issue. we got to say goodbye to Lindsay. Who's got, oh, by the way. Yeah, I'm get, I'm I got to document this. I'm getting kicked out. We got more. By the way, Lindsay has bigger fr- fish to fry. She's hosting the flagship program of NFL Network, Total Access. At Before that, I will be um, picketing outside. The fact Wait. that I have been kicked out. <laughs> Best kind in-house of guest of the podcast history. Top top six, I would say for sure. Top six? Have you had six guests? <laughs> That's yeah. not where I was going with that, Dan. But no, Lindsay, this was a great time. Okay, we have, have, to do a, this have a great final segment. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, this was a great time. I hope Lindsay you're... here, Burger here. Taking shots of Burger. You could tell t- tell Burger that that you beat him. I won't because he'll <laughs> he cry about won't. it. We'll hear. Burger's about. a very sensitive individual. No. Yes. All right, so Lindsay Rhodes, thank you very much for joining us. Lindsay Rhodes' Twitter handle is at Lindsay Rhodes. That's that at Lindsay, and then that what's underscore. that underscore? underscore? At Lindsay underscore Rhodes. Yeah, so hit her up on Twitter, but be nice. Probably and, cost uh, her at least ten thousand followers. Twelve year old in Indiana or something. Yeah, is, exactly. You know. All right, Lindsay Rhodes, thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks. All right, Lindsay is out the door, and in her place, in the seat to my right now, is the man that made one of the biggest plays in Super Bowl history. Uh, that's a real thing. That's, that's not a, hyperbole. That is not hyperbole. He is uh, defensive back for the New England Patriots. Malcolm Butler, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast, Malcolm. Thank you for having me. This has been, guys, a long day for Mr. Butler. Uh, NFL AM, which tapes here in L.A. at about, I think, 1.37 a.m. is At the latest. Start the show. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm was there. He's going through what they call the car wash, and he's here with us, and it's very exciting. Uh, we were at the Super Bowl. And in fact, Malcolm, I remember right after the game, you know, they took you into the first room where the risers were, and I got, I asked you a question, and of course you remember my face. It was like a big interaction we had together. <laughs> probably not, but I remember asking you, uh, this is probably 45 minutes after the game happened, right? We were with the scrum. I said, has it, has it kind of set in in your mind yet that you just made this play and like this life-changing type play, and you hesitated and you said, I don't know, man. You, it was such a big play. When did it really click with you? that you had made one of the biggest plays in NFL history? Um, you know, I think like two days after that, um, it was on my mind. I was I was asleep. Um, I woke <laughs> up. And I really just, you know, just put everything in perspective. And I was just like putting myself as a fan right. on the couch or at the game in the stands. And I'm going for the Patriots. And I don't – I know we finna lose. That's a that's – a, Right, right, right. It touches the heart. But, you know, um, I thought about the play I made and changed all those feelings and gave hope and just changed the um, the whole big idea about losing yeah. to a winning situation. And it just – it just I, I probably had a mini heart attack a couple of times. But um, <laughs> I'm managing it well, and I'm just glad I could help my team win. It's a fair. It's a fairly unique thing to be in that position to play that that's watched by that many people. Mm. Not many people get to experience what you did. No, you um, you're right. Um, I I really thought about it, and you know, this this big for any rookie. Yeah. Um, th- that's a big play for any rookie to 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 have and make. And man, it's just it's just unexplainable at times. Hmm. One thing, I mean, in that game specifically, I remember in at halftime we were reading some stuff from some Patriots reporters. And they said, 
this guy is suddenly playing a ton of snaps in the Super Bowl where we haven't seen this amount of play from him in, in other games. You're cutting your teeth on the biggest game of the year. What was it? Did you did you know go in knowing that you might play a larger role? Were you prepared for that, or did was it just they said you're in, let's roll? Um, yeah, you know, um, of course everyone wants to play. Um, and when I'm out there and I and I, and I see, I feel like I can make a play or two. And I'm going to feel like I want to be out there. But overall, um, I'm just always ready whenever I get my opportunity. And I remember one game, uh, Reeves was down, and um, I was I got in for him. And I remember another game, I was ready to play, but I wasn't prepared. And I got in, didn't do so well. Mm-hmm. So after that, you know, I just got to stay ready. And when I get in, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to play ball. You were prepared this time, that? whole final drive was great for you because you have the first play where you knocked the ball away and then you knocked the ball away from curse. He ends up catching it, but you have the presence of mind to get up and tackle him. And then you make the play in the end zone there, which will be one of the best plays ever. That's a great series for you. You bring up the curse play. I mean, and this is the crazy thing to me when I was writing up the post after I was thinking about like myself in your shoes, like that play with curse, when he juggles the ball and comes down with it, if they go in the end zone, that is the play that this Super Bowl is remembered by. And and who's in coverage on that play? Malcolm Butler. So Malcolm Butler is Rodney Harrison on the catch play, the helmet catch. He's the guy that is in coverage and the guy, the glory boy guy. It was like the, the turn, the about turn from being the guy on one side of the coin to the other is unprecedented. I mean, that's how close you came to NFL infamy. That's crazy too. Yeah. Um, when they made that play – uh, well, I jumped up for the ball. I found the ball, broke it up, and I, I was falling down. I was like, okay, good break up, good break up. But, you know, as I roll over, I try to get up fast. You know, to, you know, my momentum had me. You know, I was ready to play. I was amped. And I looked at him, and he had the ball. I was like, hold on. <laughs> so I just ran over to him. I, I really – I tried to punch it out, but, you know, he had it secured, and he got out of bounds, so – I came out on that play, um, went to the sideline. I I was I was in pain, you know. Uh, I know we're a team, and it don't come down to one play. Well, it does, but if we would have lost, I would have felt like that was the play that changed the game. So uh, I'm on the side like I ain't going to be able to get through this. I'm going to have a bad off season. So um, – they call goal line three corner. I'm like three corner. They must finna pass it, but I'm like, nah, they're not gonna pass it because they have Marshawn Lynch. So we saw that they actually had errors on the field first, and then uh, the coaches caught the alignment and had you come in. Yeah, uh, yeah, they called three corners, and um, that play came up. Um, I told Browner get jam him good, uh, and he did. Yeah, so I can get around because I knew I knew exactly what was gonna happen. Uh, I got beat on the play at practice. I was late on it. Uh, I took a step back, then went, and I didn't know. I, I wasn't sure if they was gonna pass, but um, they got Marshawn Lynch, so I'm thinking they gonna run it in anyway. So I might well take a chance. But that play came to my memory when I seen the guy stack. So I said, "Wow, forget it's, it. I'm just gonna go jump get that it. thing." It's man. almost yeah. as if the Patriots are well coached. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hey. TD, behind the glass, you are, and Malcolm, you should understand this if there's weirdness that you're sensing, <laughs> uh, the biggest fanboy of Russell Wilson in the game right now is TD. So, TD, this is your chance to talk to Malcolm. 
Well, Malcolm, you know what? Like I said, at the moment, in the moment, I, I, I also was at the game, and I kind of felt like some type of way what you did to Russell. You know, that wasn't cool. Um, <laughs> but I would say this, though, going back and watching the you know NFL films, you know, replay of the game and big ups to that play you made. Like you said, you clearly went for broke on that one. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to jump this pass. But on the flip side of that, do you really think – I know you're happy for your Pats and happy that you won the game, but do you think how – crushing that was to Seahawks fans because I'm not I still contend that I'm not fully a Seahawks fan you are definitely a Seahawks fan but I was crushed man I was crushed because right there at the line right there at the Super Bowl getting taken away do you do you ever have time to think of what it must feel like for Seahawks fans I bet it takes up a lot of his thoughts (laughs) (laughs) um yeah of course um if um you know that play that the guy caught on me um I guess I can say I feel that way when he caught that ball, and I think you know, the game was over. Very so true. The same feeling. I hear you, man. Um, Malcolm, a couple of quick things because I know you got more stuff to do within the walls, and thank you for joining us. First of all, you got the Chevy. Brady gave you the Chevy or, or, or had it get to you. You know, fifteen grand in taxes they're reporting. Uh, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe Brady, you know, slide you a, a brown paper bag, right? <laughs> like he can't afford it. Like let's let's if you're gonna give the man a truck, let's give the man a truck. This is your chance to say on our podcast, Tom Brady, give me money. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't say that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for whatever I get, and um, you know, that's a twenty. With a 2015 Silverado, yeah, it's a Chevy. nice truck. Um, you're not gonna get no brand new truck for fifteen thousand nowhere. So it yeah. is a good deal. All right, That's the other the other question we were talking about this over lunch, uh, Mark. You it was about well, I mean, are you well. you know you saw Brady's reaction when you picked that ball off. Are you on the invite list anytime Brady has people over for crumpets and tea or whatever it is he does at his house? <laughs> I mean, you would assume, are you are you going over there at this you would point? Assume Brady has a, an infinity pool and a Giselle's involved. Are you in this? Are you in the club now? Um, I'm, I'm not sure if if he invite you me. Be. You know, I, I I'm more than welcome to come. You and, have to be. And beyond that, so let's see. I assume that Brady be better invite Malcolm Butler to parties going forward. Maybe he's part of the Illuminati. Do you know what that is? The secret I, society? Are you potentially, and you don't nod if you can't say it, are you in the Illuminati <laughs> now that you made the Super Bowl play? Oh, no, not at all. No. Oh. Well, <laughs> no. You've clearly gone A-list, though. You've been making the rounds all week. Now you're you're the guy. Oh, I yeah. Think... What, what was scary, the Grammys or the Super Bowl, to walk up on the stage or to play in the biggest game of your life? <sighs> oh. That's 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 a tough one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. That was a tough one. Well, I I guess the the the, the Super Bowl was more exciting. Than yeah. The Grammys was. Okay. That's your field. Yeah. Who wrote the joke about you intercepting the uh, Grammy? Grammy. Uh, <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> I know you didn't write it. <laughs> anyway, Malcolm Butler. Uh, thank you for joining us. Congratulations again. Obviously a nice guy, and it's good to see an undrafted free agent become a oh, hero. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, best of luck to you going forward, and thank you for joining us. He's all right. All right. Thanks, thank Malcolm. You. Thank you for having me. <laughs> all right, Malcolm Butler out the door. Uh, nice guy. Like what nice a delight. Guy. Yeah. I liked him. I think it's like he's still in that afterglow where he's, for the first time as a NFL player, being asked anything. It's, and it's got to be It's good crazy. to see he hasn't been spoiled by his week and a half of success. That's fair. Really proud by the way, what was that? Tim? I'm really proud of you guys because before the interview, our booking team was like, he's very shy, he's very humble, he's going to be really quiet. But, you know, you guys got him to speak, and even when you guys were just making jokes, he was laughing. He was That's what we do. We're having a good time. Oh, it's we're almost like we're professionals, journalists. bro. <laughs> Hold it down. 
Anyway, it was great having Malcolm in the studio. Uh, we will be back. We are going to the Combine. Mark and I, Wes, you are holding the fort down uh, here in Los Angeles. So uh, our next, the next time you, you uh, hear from us, we'll have some type of hookup uh, going on where uh, we'll give you a Combine report and we'll, we'll do some good stuff. I think Monday and Thursday, is that correct, TD? It's CBD. Me and Greg, uh, Greg's working on this as well. Potentially okay. Monday and Friday. Okay. Uh, you know, trying so to keep out. an eye out. Monday is the next podcast from us. Thank you for listening. Uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, and TD Behind the Glass, and, and Lindsay Rhodes. Thank you for joining us. Linz, I call her. Until Monday. I got a document. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com you know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.